0: the kind of praise that he is worthy of on a Sunday morning in one of the most beautiful nations in all the world. By the way, I am an official All Blacks fan because because I'm all black. Um, How about that? But I believe that God is worthy of praise, whether we're singing whether all of our prayers are answered, whether we're still believing for something, heaven is filled with worship, not always activity, sometimes just worship, just a hallelujah, yeah, yeah, oh, I love you, Jesus. Oh, yes, you are. 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 are. Four days but I feel like the Holy Ghost is already here so father we're gonna give you 15 seconds of crazy praise just to get this thing started off right on your mark get set praise. over than we were when it first began. I thank you for this beautiful church, this great gathering of your people, and I ask that you will allow me to speak the wisdom of the Holy Ghost, that your church is brought closer to you, and God, I pray that you will save souls all week, do things unexpectedly all week. Mark chapter 16, miracles, signs, and wonders all week. For I do not serve a supernormal God, I serve a supernatural God. So we give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Can we give God a great praise? for being four years patient. <laughs> we talked last night. He was like, some people are like, is he real? Do you even really, did he really say yes? Do you know him? I'm like, I'm sorry, Pastor Sam. Something was always coming up. But what I shared with your pastor is what I'll share with you. Timing is everything. And I'm not just talking about me coming here because me coming here is not about My agenda. It's about God wanting to deposit something into His people so that you actually go further in the things of God. If I do what my assignment says I am to do, when I leave here, the church will be stronger, gifts will be unlocked, and we will have a tangible presence of the Lord that was not there. I'm not here to impress, I'm not here to propagate my own agenda. I'm here to lift up the name of Jesus and I believe that I am at the right place at the right time at the right church and I'm so grateful that God has trained me to love his assignment more than the applause of men and so I'm here and I'm gonna preach Jesus like he gave it to me and I'm gonna preach like an African American preacher from Houston, Texas. Now I'm gonna tell you something about this worship team. They already blessing me. Cause somebody's grandma's black in here. Somebody. Somebody in here got some African American blood in here. Cause, and whoever that is on the keyboards, he's white. That's a that's a miracle. You're amazing. The whole team. Can we thank God for our worship team? You guys can go ahead and rest. Thank you. That keyboard player is blessing my life, man. I'm telling you. If you'll do me a favor and go to 1 John chapter one, 1 John chapter one. I am here because we have a conference that's getting ready to kick off. Who's coming? I hope so. I would hope that there were more hands. Let me see, who's coming? Let me see who's coming. There we go. I didn't travel 89 hours on a plane for you guys not to come but I am grateful to be here this morning with you and as I was preparing in my heart I always asked the Lord what is it that you want me to say what is it that you want me to say to your people because I don't want to preach my own agenda I want to preach what the Lord wants me to say so that uh, you guys get what you need and so because this is my first time with you and I know that Many of you, you may have heard of me, but you've never maybe seen a sermon or anything like that. I'm going to start gentle since we're going to be here for a whole week. I don't want to scare y'all early. Like if I just go off on the first sermon, y'all will be like, I'm a little nervous. He's really loud and he jumps up and down a lot and he sweats. Perfect. Cause for those who don't know, I believe church should be enjoyed, not endured. So I like to have fun in church. Uh, I do want to give honor to my wife, who is in this country, but decided that the bed was so anointed. <laughs> Apparently, the Holy Ghost and her, they having service at Bedside Baptist this morning. So, <laughs> The jet lag, and she's been battling with a couple of health challenges, but I bind that devil, and she's going to be fine, and she'll be here at the 5 o'clock service tonight. And my children are with me uh, as well in, in uh, New Zealand, my five-year-old son and my four-year-old daughter. And so I'm grateful uh, that my family is here and I brought two close friends as well, uh, my brother in Christ Osvaldo uh, Esparza and his wife Paola. They, they stand alongside my wife and I. So Oz, can you wave to the people? Oz is my brother in Christ. Came all the way from Houston to check out what it means to live in the land of the Kiwis. I do need an all-blacks jersey. I need it in a 4XL. (laughs) If y'all can find it for me, that would be a blessing. It would make my trip worthwhile. (laughs) You know, when I was watching the match, is it called a match, last night? I was watching the match last night, and I understood that there were four nations uh, gathered on one team versus the all-blacks. It took four nations just to tie (laughs) y'all. They couldn't even beat you. It took four nations. And what I realized, there was a stadium full of people yelling at the top of their lungs for their preferred team. And then there are churches that I've entered that are quiet for two hours. Now I'm trying, I told y'all I was trying to start off slow, but I think I changed my mind. <laughs> 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 okay, sorry, okay. I saw it on YouTube, I thought I'd try it. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> y'all gotta show me that dance, I'm gonna wear the tiny shorts with it too. <sighs> I'll try that when I get back to the hotel. <laughs> hey, baby. <laughs> I'm in all black. <laughs> Been in churches, and they were quiet for two hours. But in that stadium last night, They were screaming in the weather at the top of their lungs. And rain had been forecast, but they didn't care because they were there for their team. You tell me that I have to come in here and be quiet for the God who saved me? You think I'm gonna reserve my passion just for my sports team? No, I'm gonna give God praise in here right now because he is worthy. Now, I'm not going to wait on you to praise him, but I feel like we need more than seven people to stand up and give God a worthy, passionate, loud, rowdy shout. Glory! Glory! It's time out for believers to be quiet. We've been quiet long enough. We've been whispering through culture, whispering through society, whispering through the legislature, whispering in every other facet. And God says, if the devil's going to be loud, then my people need to be louder. I'm not just talking about worship and praise in here. I'm talking about the way we live our lives out there. I am unashamed of the name of Jesus. I make no apologies for the blood of Jesus. And I will tell the world that Jesus saved my soul. I am not here to beat anyone else up or tell them that they are living wrong. But I'm going to tell you what's right. And what's right is when I turned from my sin and he saved me. And that is my testimony. And I still believe the Bible is right. I still believe Jesus was born of a virgin. I believe he died a sinless life. I believe he rose three days later and I believe he's coming back again is there anybody that still believes the word of God I guess one of the things that I've seen throughout the world as I've traveled is that many people treat Jesus casually what a great tragedy all of the universe casually The casual observance of Christianity is not an observance of Christianity at all. For the blood of Jesus requires nothing less than your passion, your heart, your full commitment. It's nothing for me to give my time, my talent, my resources because of this great gospel. I have made a decision that I'm going to serve the Lord Jesus until there's no breath left in this body and it's because I have been given the astounding revelation of the cost that it took to save me. I don't know if you've had a moment to think about your life and how much blood it took to save you. But can you think about the things that you and I have done wrong? The places where the Holy Spirit whispered and said, Don't go that way. And we acted like we didn't hear him. We were like, ah, la, 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 la. And we did what we wanted. But he covered us anyway, protected us anyway, saved us anyway, shielded us anyway. Even after we've made bad decisions, he came back and said, that's all right. I'll clean you up again and I'll send you back out because that's what a loving father does. Can somebody just thank God that he loves us anyway? I want you going into this week to consider the great an awesome love sacrifice that was given for us to have the opportunity to even gather here this morning. Jesus paid an awesome and terrible price so that we can have this moment. And I want to talk to you from the subject heading, The Cost of the Cleanup. The Cost of the Cleanup. Now, I know that I am in a new culture. This is my first time with you. And I know that from cultural expression to cultural expression, things change. But let me uh, invite you to my cultural expression. When I'm preaching, feel free to shout me down. You can talk back. As an African-American preacher, I love noise. So you can be like, preach! That's good. I know that's right. (laughs) He's talking good, honey. I like all of that. All right? So please make me feel at home. Go to 1 John chapter 1, starting at the fifth verse. This is the message which we have heard from Jesus and declare to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, We have fellowship with one another in the blood of Jesus Christ. His son cleanses us from all sin. Cleanses us from all sin, most sin. Some sin, just the big ones, all sin. If we say that we have no sin, which there are some people who think they, the sun rises and sets on their amazingness they're so anointed that when they wake up, God is like, I'm so glad you woke up because you're amazing. <laughs> if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Ah, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us. There's that word again cleanse us from all unrighteousness, the cost of the cleanup. I wanna ask you a question and I would love for you to give me uh, a verbal response or perhaps a waving of the hand. I wanna make sure that I'm preaching the right message at the right time. Have you ever messed up? Some of y'all are like, nah, I just, I'm here cause somebody invited me, I'm perfect. I'm perfect in all my ways. I'm gonna ask again. Have you ever messed up? I'm not talking about like, oh, wow, I forgot something. No, I'm talking about you planned your sin. Like You thought it out. And the whole time the Holy Ghost was like, don't do it. Don't do it. You got to be real big in the jaws to get that. You can't do that in. It's amazing, right? (laughs) It's just to keep y'all awake. (laughs) Not just a regular mess-up, but a bad mess-up. It didn't just just have a little impact. It had tremendous negative impact. I don't know about you, but I saw your hands. I need to raise mine up, too. There have been times when I have blown it. And here's what's gonna really mess with the religious folk. I was saved when I blew it. There are times when I didn't say the right thing When I didn't say the right words, when I didn't listen, when the Holy Ghost said to do something, that's direct disobedience. There were times when I operated in fear, times when I operated in anger. There were times when I allowed my flesh to get in the way. There are times when I have disagreements with my wife and I didn't honor who she was properly. And we're arguing and my voice raises to levels that would never be okay inside of the marriage covenant. Oh my God. Pastor John argues with his wife. Yes. Cause you do too. We all argue. Don't sit in here in these red chairs, like you've been perfect your whole life. You know, good and well, some of y'all argued on the way here. Get close to the parking lot. Shh, they can hear us. Turn up the gospel music. Rejoice in the Lord. I said, I was right and you were wrong. (laughs) I'm already sick of it. Okay. (laughs) When you mess up, and this is important, because in society today, we give out participation trophies for everything. There is no right and wrong anymore. We live in an age of moral relativism and secular humanism in a time where you can do whatever you want, live how you want, drink what you want, sleep with who you want, smoke what you want, do what you want, because you are allowed to live your truth. May I offer that truth is not a concept, truth is a man. And his name is Jesus. Now this worldview is offensive to many, but I don't care. I've made my choice, and as I said in my earlier statements, I am not here to force anyone to believe what I believe, but I will not be talked down from my faith to please anyone. I'm not telling you to force your beliefs onto anyone else. Number one, you couldn't do it if you tried. It is the job of the Holy Ghost to touch the heart. Man cannot change the heart. All you can do is present the gospel. Do not be tricked by the enemy into being angry at people who are unsaved. They're unsaved. What are you mad at them for? How could they do that? They're unsaved, that's how they can do it. They don't know God, that's how they can do it. Don't beat people up because they're lost. They don't know they're lost. The best thing to do is focus on your life to see if it lines up with the word of God. And you will find that that is a full-time job to make sure that you are in line with the word and you won't have time to judge anybody else. You won't have time to condemn anyone else. You'll only have time to say, Lord, I found something else you need to work on. And so... I find myself in a society that wants me to be quiet about my Jesus, and I'm sorry, but I just can't do it because I know how many times I failed and he cleaned me up. That's why I sing, that's why I shout, that's why I praise, that's why I cry, and I'm getting older now, so I cry easier now, because I've been walking with him a long time, and I'm just like, if I hear the right song, I start crying, and I know we got all of the, the equippers, y'all got y'all CD, I was listening to it last night, in the car with, um, what's his name, Kanan? where's Kanan? What's his name? Kenan? Okay, the way I spell it is Canaan, but y'all said Canaan, so I'm gonna say Canaan. He got the earring, my man, okay. I got it right? Cool, that's my boy. We were listening to the music, and then my other dude right here. What, uh, what's your name, bro? Dwayne, I love Dwayne. I was like, I told my wife, I was like, yo, my sister, she's single, I think Dwayne might be married, but if he's not, I'm gonna <laughs> hug it up. Cause he got the good hair, he tall, you're like, blah that cow, you do the, ah, you do the thing, I'm like, yes. Mary. Single? Canaan, you single? Need to see your credit score. Can't let you in the family till I see your credit score. <laughs> Jesus is worthy of my Passion, my commitment because of what he's done. But in an age where people are saying you can do what you want, I'm here to tell you that the Bible is still right. And I know that many psychologists and psychiatrists would say that the concept of right and wrong is ethereal and depending on your value system and structure, you know, things that were not appropriate years ago are totally acceptable now. The Bible's still right. It was right then. It's right now. It's going to be right a thousand years from now. The word of God has not changed. It's not going to change. I'm not here to make you believe it, but I believe it. I'm going to raise my kids to believe it. Don't tell me not to raise my kids to believe it. Train up a child in the way they should go, so when they get old, they will not depart from it. Do not tell me how to raise my kids. I won't tell you how to raise your kids. They're trying to get rid of this three-letter word that is offensive to so many. Sin. Sin is sin, sin. Everybody say it's sin. Sounds naughty, doesn't it? Sin. (laughs) Sinful. It's sin. I'm jet lagged. I gotta focus. <laughs> the enemy wants you to think that sin is no big deal. It's just a little lie. I mean, you were just looking at the pictures. It's not like you, you tried to hook up with her. Well, it was just one. It's just one email. You just sent her an email. It's not a big deal. Y'all just went for coffee. It's just coffee. And you only messed up one time. It's just one time. He takes you from one small sin. And before you know it, you've leveraged and lost your whole future over one little thing that got bigger and bigger because you didn't cut it off at the beginning. (laughs) A couple things you need to write down for those who are taking notes. Number one, sin lies to you. Sin takes you further than you want to go. And it costs you more than you have to pay. We don't talk about sin in church anymore because it's not cool. It doesn't go with the worship flow. But sin is what caused Jesus to have to die. Jesus died for sin. He did not die for my issues. I can get counseling for my issues, but you can't counsel a devil. You got to cast it out. Can I get an amen in here? And so Jesus died for sin. This is what you need to know about sin. Number one, sin is an infection. It is a virus that affects your mind, your spirit, and your soul. Sin is a blood issue. That's why you are born in sin, shapen in iniquity. This is what the writer David said. It's nothing that you did. You didn't just wake up one day and decide to sin. The sin nature is a part of who we are. Yeah. How many of us have children in here? Let me help you to understand something. Do you have to teach your kids to be bad? Have you, how many of us have a child, when they see something they want, they say, yours? (laughs) What do they say? (laughs) Selfish. It's in them and they lie easy. Did you eat the cookie? No. (laughs) It's in your hand. No. (laughs) Not cookie. Last night, my kids were wrestling. One of them cut gas. I said, which one of y'all put it? They're like, not me. I said, was it you? No. Was it you? It was you, yes. Yes. You lied three times. I'm right here. You don't have to teach your kids to do wrong. You have to teach them to do right. Because it's in them, in their nature, without training and without parenting. This is so important. Stop lending your children to people who are not an extension of your value system. (laughs) Don't allow the devil to trick you into thinking it's okay to let your kids go anywhere. No, no. If I don't know the parents, my kids aren't going. Can I spend the night? No, you can't spend the night. I don't know who's coming over there. I don't know who lives upstairs. I need to know what's going on because I love Jesus. But if anything happens to one of y'all, I'm going to set it off. I'm going to go to my before Christ days and I'm going to tear up the whole house and I'm kicking things and I'm punching people because I don't play when it comes to my kids. Are there any fathers in the house who got some babies? Crazy. I'm just telling them. And so this idea of sin has to be thrown into the equation. And I know I'm moving slow, but I'm about to pick up the pace with this sermon because the title of the sermon was The Cost of the... Until you realize how much Jesus paid, you won't worship to your full capacity. Until you, until you realize how much Jesus paid, you won't shout like your heart tells you to, because you'll be embarrassed. You don't want other people to think that you're over-emotional. But when somebody saves your life, the least you can do is say thank you. The least you can do is put your hands together. The least you can do is stand up every now and then or hit a drum or just, just do something. Sin has unintended consequences. Sin causes you to fear intimacy. Right. Sin distorts identity. Sin makes you hide. What happened in the garden? God's looking for Adam and Eve. Adam, where are you? He's sewn some fig leaves together. What are y'all doing back there? I was naked, so I hid. Sin makes you hide. I've learned anything you have to hide probably ain't from God. Anything you have to hide is probably not from God. This is the power of the blood. Jesus' blood doesn't just clean the outside. It cleanses the inside. His blood cleanses on a cellular level. I know we sing all of this newfangled worship, but I grew up singing hymns. For it reaches to the highest mountain, and it flows to the lowest valley, oh yes, the blood that gives me strength from day. The blood will never lose its power. I know, so, how, how many of you have never heard that song? Let me see. Never heard that song. I just introduced a song to y'all song is about the blood we don't sing enough songs about the blood of Jesus I want the church to understand that it is the blood of Jesus that gives us access to the father it's the blood of Jesus that gives us access to the promises of God I don't want the stuff of God I want the blood of Jesus because if I got the blood of Jesus my relationship is restored with the father it's something about the blood it's something about the cross it's something about that empty tomb and I wish the church would find its passion rooted in the blood of Jesus the cost of the cleanup a few months back my daughter theory Aspen sky who you will meet throughout this week if you're around she had an accident it was a Sunday afternoon my wife was taking a nap downstairs on the couch my daughter was taking a nap in her room and I was in our bedroom which was down the hall and I remember that um, I did not ask her if she needed to use the restroom before she went to take her nap. Now at the time, she was three years old. And so I was sleeping and I heard what sounded like whimpering, the beginnings of a cry. And I said, are you okay, honey? And she didn't say anything. So I figured she was maybe having a bad dream, went back to sleep. A few moments later, a few minutes later, I hear crying, so I get up, go down the hall and I step into her room. She has white carpet, cream colored carpet. And I see something (laughs) on the floor in different places. I go into her bathroom and my daughter has had an accident. Now, I'm being very judicious and honorable of people and culture, because many of us just had breakfast but it was a complete disaster zone. Whatever she had eaten did not agree with her system. By the way, sin doesn't agree with your system. And so my daughter, brilliant, sweet, knowing that she had had an accident, attempted to clean herself. Isn't that sweet? Yeah, but it didn't work. And so she took off her pull up filled with accident (laughs) and attempted to put it into her trash can. And she got maybe 70 wet wipes and she tried to clean herself. But in trying to clean herself, she only made it worse. She was doing it in her self effort. I'm getting ready to cry and I'm getting ready to shout. Because I think about the fact that in her heart she was saying, I've messed up. I don't want my father to find out because he will be upset. Let me try to clean it on my own. All she had to do was cry out the first time. Say, Dad, I'm in trouble. But she compounded the issue by trying to clean it up herself. So by the time I get there, she has tracked her accident through the bathroom, all over the carpet, onto her bed, onto cabinets, doorposts, sink. So I did, and my wife wasn't feeling well, so she was downstairs. I was holding it down, so I did what any good husband would do when your <laughs> wife is downstairs. Baby! <laughs> Baby! <laughs> Dearie Oh, it's on my thumb. Oh, I'm going to die. Help me. I can already tell by this clock that I'm going to go over. You should never have invited a black preacher. I ain't been here in four years. I'm going to preach like I feel it. Okay. Is that all right? My wife comes up the stairs. She's like, what? 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 She's from the suburbs. What? <laughs> what in the world? <laughs> <laughs> I've never I was like, it's on my thumb. Oh, get it. Ah. <laughs> let me let me tell you the truth. I was angry. Because I have a problem with poo. It's just. It's like a fear. It's a phobia. And so my daughter is covered. It's on her hands, it's feet, everywhere. So my wife strips her of all of her clothing. But we have to be careful because it's on the clothes now too. See, sin doesn't just affect one area. And so my wife took the garments off. We placed them to the side. We're scrambling to try to find towels. We step out. When we come back, she, my daughter is outside of her room in the hall. She's trying to follow us. Now, what was on her in one place is now following her because it was under her feet. It started off in one area, but sin always affects other areas. I'm going somewhere. So where she was, I said, stop, don't move, stand right there. She didn't have anything on, and I was still angry. And God says, how dare you be angry at her? I said, Lord, look what she did. He said, look what you've done your whole life, and I've covered you every time. My anger at my three-year-old daughter for being three changed to sympathy. And I saw this little girl who had actually tried to handle it herself because she thought she could. And it wasn't until she had made it worse that she was able to say, daddy, help. She cried out and I showed up. Oh, the keyboard's playing, that means it's time to go. Um, <laughs> you could play all day, I'm still preaching. You play till three o'clock. What happened was in that moment we got a towel to clean her but we couldn't use a brown towel because the brown towel would not have shown where the dirt was because it was the same color we had to use a, a towel that contrasts it had to be white this is what Jesus does with our sin he sees us dirty, he gives us his robe of righteousness he covers us cleanses us, takes our garment. He doesn't just throw it away. The Bible says he who knew no sin was made to be sin, that through him we might become the righteousness of God in him. He didn't just give me a robe. He traded me. Give me one second. He traded me, which means he wore my garment while I wore his clean one. As I was washing and cleaning my daughter, I realized that even though it looked like she was clean, when I wiped, it was in places that I couldn't see because sin tries to go undetected. That's why the Bible says in Psalm 51, purge me with hyssop, Wash me and I'll be clean. I'll be whiter than snow. And so my wife took her to a bath that was waiting on her. And while my wife was cleaning her, I was cleaning up every area where she had stepped. Because here's the thing about sin you might start in one place, but until you repent, it tracks with you everywhere you go. So I had to clean the hallways, I had to clean rugs, and some of it I had to have outside cleaners come in and do deep cleaning. Now my daughter didn't have enough in her piggy bank to pay. I'm getting ready to preach it and then we're gonna go home. But because I love her, I covered the cost of the cleanup because she belongs to me. And I'm not gonna let one accident cause her to feel like she's gotta pay for her mistake. I'm her father and since she couldn't pay, I did pay and what you and I couldn't pay for the father said Jesus go down there pay for that Jesus didn't just pay for sin he left a tip called grace and my grace is sufficient for you and so when I sin not only does he heal me restore me cleanse me but he gives me grace for the next time I mess up because that's the power of Jesus Christ My little daughter won't remember this story because we cleaned up her room so good that there's no trace of the accident. Is there anybody here that's grateful that there's no trace of what you and I have done because the blood so thoroughly cleansed us? Hallelujah! My daughter won't know how much it costs, cause I'll never know how much it costs to see my sins upon that cross. She got cleaned, restored brand new and her fellowship was never broken she was still my daughter dirty i don't know who this is for you don't have to clean yourself up and then hope you are a son or a daughter of god while you're dirty you're a child of god while you're broken you're a child of god when you're in sin you're a child of god maybe there's some dirt that needs to be addressed but it doesn't change that you belong to god God created man from the dust of the ground, the dirt. So don't think that God is, uh, he's offended by dirt. He's attracted to dirt. He created in dirt. Don't tell me God doesn't love dirt because in myself I was unworthy. But he loved me when I was unlovable and he healed me when I had nothing to offer. Is there anybody grateful for the blood of Jesus? I am greatly overwhelmed and I am filled with emotion that God would see fit to allow a young African-American boy from Cincinnati, Ohio, to travel all the way to the great nation of New Zealand to preach the gospel. So many times his blood has had to cleanse me and cover me. People see what they think is a finished product, but they don't know the cost of the cleanup my little sweet girl, when you see her, you'll probably remember this story, but she won't remember it. And even if you brought it up, she couldn't remember it because we've made her life so good that we didn't make a monument to her brokenness. And when she has other issues, I don't remind her. Remember when you did that two years ago? She doesn't remember. Oh, that's right. As far as the east is from the west, I will cast your sins and remember them no more. I'm glad he was ready. I'm glad he was ready. (laughs) So this week, I hope you take a moment to remember where you were when the blood found you because it'll give you grace for other broken people. Maybe we shouldn't beat people up who are in the middle of a bad moment in their life, assuming that that will be the sum total of their days. Aren't you grateful that God didn't hold us hostage to our worst moment? Oh, as we end this service, may you be reminded of the cost of the cleanup, the things you and I have done, that in the middle of it, if God had cut us off, we'd have no hope. We'd never see heaven. We'd never see the face of our king. But because he loved us, he cleansed us. Even when we weren't looking for him, he covered us. Here's the thing. You might remember what this story is about, but I would be extremely unhappy if you attempted to ask my daughter if she remembered. Because I worked so hard to make sure she forgot. People don't have a right to bring up your past. And if they do, they did not come from God. Get those people out of your life people who only want to remind you of your worst moments. I know you're singing now. I know you go to that church over there but you remember what you used to do? No, and neither does my father. And since you can't forget it, maybe we don't need to be as close. I feel the Holy Ghost in here. I don't mind showing my scars. I don't mind showing my flaws. I don't mind confessing my sins one to another because I know what Jesus did. Is there anybody grateful that Jesus has paid the price? Come on and stand up. Let me pray for you. Lord Jesus, I thank you for these, your people. And as we go into conference, may we go into conference with a shout A shout of thanksgiving. A shout of gratitude. A praise on our lips because you cleaned us when we didn't deserve it. And you healed us when we had no hope. And you covered us when we were naked. And you gave us a robe of righteousness that we could not purchase, we could not earn. And so we love you, and we bless you. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if you are here and you've never given your life to Jesus, this is a moment for you. If you're here you've never given your life to Jesus, heads bowed, eyes closed, I'm gonna ask you on the count of three to just lift your hand, just between you and God, you and God. If you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus, I want you to know that he's not asking you to pay anything. He's already paid it, but for you, to acknowledge, I need a savior. And since the price has been paid, I'll go ahead and get this free gift. Jesus' blood doesn't just cleanse you on the outside. He cleans you on the inside. And the thing that held you hostage, you'll be holding it. It won't be holding you. One, he loves you. Two, he's paid the price. Three, this is your moment. If you're here, lift your hand. If you're here, across multiple campuses. If you're here, give your Life to Jesus, just lift a hand. Hallelujah, I see that hand, I see those hands. Hands down, repeat this prayer, everyone repeat this prayer. Lord Jesus, I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord. Thank you for the blood that was shed to pay for my sin and cleanse me from the inside out. I am grateful for new life, and I receive you as my Lord and Savior. In your name, Jesus, amen. I believe if you prayed that simple prayer, you just got saved. And as I turn it over to Pastor Sam, I'm looking up in the balcony and I see a mother, I believe, with a baby. Is that your baby? Right there, yes, is that your baby? Is it a boy or a girl? And baby's probably about four months old, maybe. So she's not potty trained yet, is she? So the, you, you identify with the cost of the cleanup because every time she releases her waste, she's not equipped to clean herself. She needs you until such time as she's able to be trained. This is what the Holy Ghost is. He trains us until we're able to stand up on our own. But until then, he keeps cleaning us, healing us, forgiving us, saving us, covering us, setting us free. And so if you love him, maybe right now you'll give him a praise for the cost has been paid. The cleanup is sure.